Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. It is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. My name is Reginald Datatula. I'm joined alongside by Blake Elliott. Yes, sir. We got David Shrupp on the ones and twos. Thank you. And you rolling with us on a Thursday evening in the Metroplex. It's active. We active. Your Dallas Stars tied one goal apiece. Uh, at the start of the second period in uh, Ottawa against the Senators. Your Mavericks back from All-Star break, welcoming in the Phoenix Suns in a game that I know myself and Blake are super excited to be watching during the course of this evening. I'd even say Uber. Uber excited. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, whatever other uh, synonyms we want to throw in there. All the excitement, at least here and I imagine around the Metroplex, as the the Mavs, the new look Mavs have been really good, and this is a this is an interesting test against a a good Suns team in the West. That one is damn near. In fact, the Mavericks just went on a little bit of a run, thirty two uh thirty three in favor of the Suns right about at the end of the first quarter. We'll keep you up to date with what's happening there throughout the course of the evening. Uh, you can always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line eight seven seven eight eight one. 105.3, um, and we greatly appreciate when you do that. Also, you could catch up with us uh, visually. You can see us on YouTube by going to 105 through the fan on YouTube. There's a live stream there, and twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. Those are all the ways I think I covered all my bases. Uh, man, it's 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 a fun day. I know that Jared Sandler touched down in Surprise, Arizona, so we got boots on the ground in that way. We got hockey. We got basketball. Let's talk a little bit before we get going. Um, about the Cowboys, though, and let's let's see if we can find a little positivity. Um, Blake, Positive hour. Because, again, offseason, Cowboys need to make this team better. Uh, Jerry Jones had that quote where he said that they're all in, whatever that actually means for this organization. And so, look, man, that that's, that is the objective, making this team good enough to the point where you can go and reasonably go and contend for a title and actually, you know, have some production in the postseason. To that end, in evaluating your team, what positions on the Cowboys don't need an upgrade currently? Where are they good? Where are you all the way comfortable with what these Cowboys have right now? Um, and so, Blake, wh- what got you to this point? Where where are you looking at? So, what got me to this point in the first spot was just there's been a lot of negativity around the Cowboys, understandably so, for how their season came to a spoil. And I was just like, we're talking about what their needs are and what they need to do with their draft picks and free agency. And I was like, let's take a let's take a step back and figure out what they don't need to address. What things are actually going well for this team? Because you have to address both the good and the bad to know how to build your team for the future and kind of figure out where they've done a good job at. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest with you guys. Not a lot of positions where I feel like they're totally in the clear with. One that comes to mind that I feel like they've done a, a pretty good job is tight end. That, it's hilarious. That's exactly the position yeah. that I was thinking. I was like, Jake Ferguson... Feels like he's a, a star in the making. He, he's getting better and better every year. Um, 
You still got um Hendershot and I'm forgetting the other tight end. Schoonmaker. Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, uh, Sean McCune. Yeah. Is that who you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, Schoonmaker. Again, this is where we start talking about like value propositions yeah. of when a player was drafted. Schoonmaker, and we understand rookie tight ends typically don't make a large impact. However, and still. The, the production did not make anybody and, happy and, over the course I, of the season. I think a lot of times it wasn't like, hey, go make a contested catch on fourth down. It was like first and 10 when he's not covered within seven yards and dropping screen passes. People are like, okay, well, it's hard to think, oh, this guy's going to be great next year. Um, so, But they are the backups. So that's the card that brings to feel good. They are, they, uh, Schoonmaker was drafted high, obviously thought of well coming out of Michigan, so hopefully he can turn into something. Ferguson, I feel really comfortable at my tight end position. Very, yeah. I so mean, I, I feel yeah. like that's the position where I'm like, you don't got to draft this in the next probably two years. Like you, you, you are good there. I feel like that's the one position that stands out above all. And remember when we're talking about this guy, we're talking about the whole position, not just one player at the position, the right. whole group. Because what's tough is a place where I absolutely want to be like, yo, they're good there. It's cornerback, but they're not yeah, right. Like. Yeah. You Corner do, was one I was thinking about on the way here, too. Like, Trey, uh, Trayvon Diggs coming back, fantastic. He is a cornerback that is well-respected around the league. Uh, Deron Bland had a fantastic Gained season in the respect. last couple of years and got a lot of respect around the league, particularly if you're looking at him as a second cornerback or as a you know slot corner. Everybody has a lot of respect for him. However, you do need to figure out what that other cornerback spot is, even if it's as simple as re-signing Stephon Gilmore, or do you get a little bit more adventurous, or do you go into a draft and maybe bolster it there but you do need uh, another cornerback still, and so you're not done there. There does need to be a little bit of an upgrade or some level of addressing at that position. And even another way, if y'all are having trouble, you know, another way to look at it is, I was thinking, if they were to draft this position, you would be confused. If they mm. were to draft a corner in the second round, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, what are they doing? Okay, it makes sense. You know, Gilmore's getting older. Trayvon's coming off a, a, an ACL. Like, he, he was hurt. Like, might have to address that. I, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be confused. If they would get a corner. Tight end would be one. I'd be like, huh? Like, yeah, that, you that, got you got that one set. So that's why me and Reggie thought of that one first. So we got uh, what? What is another one that you're thinking of as far as do not need to address and in a good spot? It's tough because obviously this is the time of year where you can get better better anywhere, right? Like Correct. if you. But um, I think that the two one four here is pretty spot on with a little bit of a caveat. They mentioned tight end. They also mentioned guard, offensive guard. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's fair. Like, you still have Zach Martin, and he is still playing at an incredibly high level. Tyler Smith, assuming that you are going to go with the place or the, the, the thought process of he is there, that is now his position, you you have him there. I like that, man. Like I like, He had, like, an all-pro type season. I mean, gotta... I mean his, his whole demeanor fits playing guard. He is a big, strong dude. And, I mean, he has some athleticism, but guard is a place where you probably need the athleticism the least. Not to say that you don't need any, but you probably need it the least. Yeah. And he has enough there uh, with, with you know, excess. And so those two guards are very good at what they do. They have that strength. They have that power. And, of course, Zach Martin will be in the Hall of Fame mm -hmm. at some point. Um, and so I'm, I'm good there. Now the caveat is we've seen Tyler Smith be a left tackle and that seemed to be the plan when he was drafted was that he ultimately would end up at left tackle. And with Tyron Smith, you know, we have a little bit of uncertainty around him. Obviously, uh, I know that we've seen reporting that says that he is not wanting to retire. And I imagine if he doesn't retire, this would be the place that makes the most sense for Tyron return. But if he doesn't, right, like Tyler Smith should be a guy that you could play it, put a tackle, but this is also a strong tackle draft. Maybe they go, and do that. But if if you keep the guys at guard that are already at guard, that is a place where I don't think you need to make adjustments at. Understanding that offensive line is a place where you'd like some depth. 
depth. I liked TJ Bass. I thought that he he acquitted himself well as a backup guard, particularly, right? Coming in and playing when he needed to. He was solid. I think the guard is a, is a place that you're probably set at. Yeah, I, I think guard's a good shout. And I, I'm glad you put Cavi on it because I think, honestly, at every position we name, you could be like, well, they could upgrade there, which is true. Right. But it's not at the top of the totem pole. Which one do you feel the most confident in going? And I feel like if they were to draft a guard, we'd be a little confuzzled. Um, Zach Martin <laughs> is getting older. Sure. So I think if next year they drafted a guard and they get all the other needs fit, I don't think people would be mad or anything. No. Planning for the future. The only, I'm going to be honest, Reggie, the only other spot that I can maybe think of and if, and I can easily be persuaded is defensive end. With obviously having that Micah was also and my Demarcus th- Lawrence, but Micah Demarcus Lawrence, you still have Sam Williams, yeah. Dorrance Armstrong is a dude who's really solid. Dante Fowler, you've gotten good things out of, right? The, the the tough thing about it is it feels like defensive end is an answer that you can't ever have because you can't have too many defensive ends and guys that can get after and, the and, pass uh, the the quarterback. And Dorrance is said to be a free agent, if I'm not yes. wrong. Yeah, so yeah, that is fair. Um, but I it, I do want I do wonder because he probably can command some money here. Yeah. Um, I do wonder how they ultimately get to a place if you know of of deciding whether they want to bring him back because he is very effective when you get him in there when you need to. But and then also there's there's some young guys. Obviously, I mentioned Sam Williams. Then you also have uh, Tyrus Wheat mm-hmm. that people loved last uh, training camp, and obviously he didn't get an opportunity because you had so many you know so many um, talented players in your defensive end rotation. Like, does he now get an opportunity to step in there? And then with you, a Fowler or right or with one of those guys yeah. maybe moving on and you know maybe you you deciding to pay one of them to keep some level of continuity and obviously you continue to have that robust uh, rotation of defensive ends but do you then utilize the fact that you have drafted and found a talent well and then allow him to step up into that place in Tyrus Wheat yeah so I I think that that is a place that fairly enough they they. I don't know that they need to make an upgrade per se, but they do have some things to address there. Yes, three two one mentions this. Two one four mentioned this. We got to give uh, some credit to Brandon Aubrey. You are set at kicker. Oh yeah, you're good. That's a great point. You that are is a great set. Point. I, I think you're, you're set at kicker for a while. And I mean, if you want to expand that to punter too, yeah. is with Brian Anger. Although Brian Anger, I think one of the tough things about it is isn't his money in a place where, and of course, it's ridiculous to talk about like. With, Special teams in that way. However, like you could probably save a, a, a little a bit of money. Million dollar cap hit. I was like, I think you could save a little bit of money there. I know he ends up being one of those guys that, you know, when you start looking at potential cap casualties in places where you can maybe save a buck, he ends up being a guy that comes up. But pretty much just making more than all the young guys. Yeah, that's right where he falls. Yeah, kicker for sure is a place where I think you are set. Yeah, we're gonna need some uh, help from the Tolos because I don't know if I can think of another position. Right, where set. <laughs> and I think, and I think that's that's where it gets interesting, right? There's some positions where that you're going to need to address running back. We know that yep. you're gonna need to address not just tackle, but then also I feel like we haven't talked a lot about, and maybe center. this is just us. Center yeah. is a place that Beyond you're gonna need to talk agent. about. Beyond is a free agent. Even if you were to bring him back, I would be having the same conversation. Like I don't think he played where you feel he's he's average, average to maybe yeah. slightly above average, yeah. and so. That's fine, but is that a place where – and I think this might come down to where – this might be kind of a, I don't know, secondary almost, where you go the primary kind of things that you're thinking about, where do you allocate your draft capital, your free agency dollars, you know, salary cap in that way, and then you get to a place where you go, okay, that will determine do we need to go find a center or are we just going to be like, hey, Biotis, come back, you know what you're doing here and you are serviceable, that's where we're going. Um, Obviously – 
Safety is one that I thought about because you have guys there. You got them under contract. <laughs> you have them under contract, but I'm like, how comfortable do I feel there and how much is going to shift when you bring in Mike Zimmer as a defensive coordinator? Obviously, uh, defensive backs is like his specialty. Yep. Um, and I Because I don't think the safeties were as good as I would like them to be last season. Yeah, but they weren't like the worst in the league or anything. No, and so I, I'm interested in seeing what is done with uh, with Hooker and um, and Donovan Wilson yep. with this circumstance, and if they can get better in that place. Plus, does Marquise Bell get a little bit of time Wanye there Thomas. when he moves back to that place? Does Wanye Thomas get a little bit more yeah. burn? Right, I think that one we're kind of on the fence with. Like it could be, oh, all of a sudden these guys you paid and then a new defense look great, and you don't got to worry about it. They're under contract, or it could be. These guys are trending in the wrong direction. you got to start addressing this quick because you don't have any reliable safeties. I think that's one we're kind of on the fence with. It's kind of right right in that middle ground of not panicking yet, but also my hand's real close to the button. My hand's real close to the button. Um, receiver was one that when I first I was like, oh, you got C.D. Lamb. But then I was like, well, when, am I going to cut Michael Gallup? Well, I was like, one, one, of, one, of those, one of those wide receivers is gone Brandon when it comes Cooks to is getting Co- older. Cooks and Gallup. Yeah. And I think that Gallup is the one probably that ends up being the cap casualty in a way. Um, and so and I love cooks, but let's be honest. He's not, not getting better. He's, he's an aging receivers. Numbers are dropping. That's fine for this offense. But when you're, when you're the GM doing the accounting and figuring out, you're like, all right, receiver is one of the, it's not the number one need, but it's one of the needs. Right. I, I don't, I don't know that you want to completely have an upheaval in your wide receiving core. Oh, no, no, no. Plus, I don't know, did we, did we play the, oh, no, you weren't here when I played the T.Y. Hilton audio, Eugene Hilton, when he was talking about the ways in which, you know, he helped C.D. Lamb, you know, kind of give him game. And, you know, you saw some of the the development there. Not saying that he is the reason why C.D. Lamb is who he is. Absolutely not. But, like, I think that speaks to the ways in which having a veteran in there. Yeah, having a vet, especially one who is willing and, you know, you know, wants to be in that kind of leadership role. And Brandon Cooks fits that. We oh, saw. Oh, I want Cooks back. And so I think that even, okay, you have Cooks back. You still have some places where I know you have Tolbert. Tolbert. Do you like that? Is that one that you're really comfortable with? I know that you have Jalen Brooks there. Jalen Brooks. And so how 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 much do you like that sliding up in that way? Or is that something where you're still going to need to have some yeah. level of uh, something to address? That, that, that one is like right below safety for me because when you have CD – and if you bring back Cooks, I think you're set. Whoever you put at the three, Tolbert or uh, Turpin or Brooks, wh- whoever slots in, I think you feel pretty comfortable with. It's not like the world's falling apart, but it is something to monitor, especially coming up sooner when Cooks gets towards the lighter half of his career. All right, I'm going to get real into the depths because, yeah, we know linebacker needs address whatever. Yeah, linebacker. Um, do you feel like kick returner is all the way? Because uh, you mentioned Kevontae Turpin. That got me thinking, right? I think that you have two guys that are capable of being kick returners and punt returner and that kind of thing. Obviously, Kamonte Turpin has been that guy. He's the reason why he ended up in the NFL in particular. I, although, I do want to give him his credit for being a wide receiver and those types of things. But do you feel like he provides enough value at wide receiver, especially when you consider, I know that someone a couple of days ago on the truckwreck.com text line t- texted in and asked, do you think that um, Deuce Vaughn is on the practice squad type guy? Because what we saw this season was, especially seeing as they could not find him a place on special teams and they couldn't play him there, he didn't get very much burn on like as a, on the roster. About Deuce? Yeah, Deuce yeah. Vaughn, right? And so I think that you might need to, unless you're willing to have him be your second back, which I don't know that anybody is all that comfortable with at this point, he would probably need to be a kick returner, punt returner while being that third running back in order for him to see uh, be active on game day, which then makes me go, 
is that a level of decision that will end up happening? I, I, I feel a lot more comfortable with Turpin and as him as a receiver. So I think he, I'm looking at his cap here right now. He's not even at a million dollars, mm-hmm. 885. So I think he's obviously very affordable. And if he gets back, I mean, a lot of teams weren't even letting him return, whether it be punts or kicks. Like it was a lot of right. out of bounds, fair catch. Like I don't even, he did not have a bunch of returns this year. So I think he still gives you some value there. And we saw this year, especially I think what was it, the San Fran game that was the only like touchdown early was the little crossing route to him. So we saw glimpses of like, okay, he could be a deep threat, a wide receiver three or four. Like I don't think he's a, a guy you go to as your number two option when CD's getting locked up. But he gave you some some help there. So I still I don't I don't think that's like a weakness. I, I would monitor it though. But like Deuce as far as supplementing that, I don't know how I feel about Deuce. Like me personally, love Deuce as a guy. I just don't really know where he fits on this team. And that, that's not, that's the reason why running back touches. Not not as of right about, now. I feel better about Turpin returning on kicks and punts. So I mean, I, I think that obviously this where that particular conversation is happening a little too early. I'm and I know I'm the one who brought it up, mm-hmm. but like that's going to be a training camp where you start to get a feel for is that something? How viable is Deuce Vaughn at running back? With another year under his belt and those types of things, and then you start to make some of that. Uh, what do you think about fullback Hunter Lipke? We good there, dude? I have n- like he seems like he blocks pretty well. Um, <laughs> the times where you handed him the ball to be kind of that big body, which I thought would be an advantage, he was solid until he he dropped the ball on yeah, the so ground, that's and all then remember, and that that shapes the whole way that you view this. Uh, I'm I'm not upset with it, yeah. uh, Hunter Lipke there, uh, but yeah. I, I'm I'm fine with that as yeah. of right now. Um, so yeah, so we said tight end, we're good. Tight end is clear, um, kicker is clear, and then what was the other one? Guard in Guard. particular, and then everything else. I think y- you have opportunities to possibly make it better, or at least you have to address yeah. some things. And now it's up to the Jones, the Cowboys, to do that. Um, you have to figure out some deals with some of the players that you have. Obviously, it's starting. Probably with, uh, you know, figuring out whether you're extending Dak Prescott or just restructuring. You definitely probably are going to restructure Zach Martin, um, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Parsons. But then also you got to get some guys in. Free agency starts early, uh, mid- midway through March thereabouts, March 11th, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we are on we're on the way to, uh, you know, the real team building part of the year. Uh, Cowboys got a lot of work to do. Yep, they do. They do. If you didn't, if you didn't feel like your voice was heard, text in. We'll read it on the break. 877-881-1053. What is a position that you think the Cowboys are set well at and do not need to address anytime soon? So get right, right here on 1053 the fan. We're off and rolling here on this evening. Mavs having a, a, a real interesting game right now with the Phoenix Suns at the AAC, 51-43 in favor of the Suns. Uh, so the, the challenge is showing up, and it's showing us some things. Excited to talk more about that. Stars currently down 3-1 to one in Ottawa uh, halfway through the second period. Uh, coming up next, uh, let's talk about the Rangers that made it into the MLB Top 100+. Plus. Are, are we seeing some dangers in the new Fanatics made MLB jerseys? We'll discuss that and more next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, Erski. We got David Shrupp on the ones and twos and you rolling with us on this Thursday evening in the Metroplex. Thanks for doing so on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Um, coming up in about uh, 20 minutes, we'll get you some, uh, we'll go around the NFL rather, get you some news and notes on the National Football League. I was talking about the active evening that it is in uh, DFW Sports. And you know what? I forgot one of the important things uh, Tarleton, Tarleton State having a basketball game that is called 
by RJ Choppy yeah. on uh, ESPN Plus. That is happening as we speak. So shout out to uh, RJ Choppy of the Sean and RJ Show every weekday, 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on 105.3 The Fan. Um, oh, wow. Dirk Nowitzki at the Mavs game as well. Just He's a pretty good Mav. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, probably the best. Mm, I mean, some I would say, yeah, I know it's it's a bold statement, but I'll, <laughs> I'll really go out on a limb. I'm going on a limb and say that. All right, <laughs> let, let's talk a little bit about your World Series champion Texas Rangers. Uh, as you may know, MLB.com, MLB Network, they have been putting out, uh, slowly rolling out their top 100 players in baseball, and we got the last uh, the last returns on the top 10 last night. So we ro- we rolled all of this out. And ultimately, we find out that five Rangers make the top 100. And I, I, I found this uh, to be an interesting thing that happened because um, quite a few teams had five uh, on the top 100. In fact, the team that had the most on the top 100, can you, can you take a guess of the 30 teams in baseball, which one has the most top 100 players? Okay, so obviously the Rangers up there. Uh, the Dodgers? Los Dodgers, seven. Yep. Was, yeah. If I remember, no, sorry, not the Dodgers. Braves. I, the Braves have nine. Yeah. Nine top 100 players, including the, the number one player in the league, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. He's really good. Yeah. Yes, very, very good at baseball. Matt Olson comes in. Almost no weakness. <laughs> Plays defense really well, runs the bases really well, hits really well. Yeah, uh, a little uncomfortable, especially because, you know, rivalry and everything. Astros supposedly have seven. Top 100 players. Obviously, they're aided by the addition of Josh Hader during this offseason. But there's one, two, three, four, five, uh, six, I believe, teams that have five on the top 100. And the Rangers are one of those. The five being Corey Seager, who's ranked as high as sixth after a fantastic season. Easily the best season of his career. Only playing 119 games due to injury. Uh, Marcus Simeon shows up at 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adoles, Adoles Garcia was 39th. Got him a nice little two-year deal this offseason. Nathan Avaldi, the first pitcher that shows up for you, at 91. And then Nathaniel Lowe, your first baseman, 98. Uh, is there anything that jumps out to you when it comes to those rankings? Is there anything that you notice? So the first thing that I saw a good amount of people engage in, and I kind of agreed, was Nathan Avaldi being at 91. Um, and I have to be completely frank. It is a little bit of recency bias coming in with me. I'll just be completely honest with you guys. How well he played in the postseason almost overvaults his kind of shaky and being hurt regular season. Where I'm like, man, this guy was like one of, if not the best postseason pitcher this year, was just money. And I'm like, I know he had a little bit of a shaky regular season, so I know that's what tacked him down. Um, but that, that's kind of my only thing. Maybe in the in the low 80s. High seventies range. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been mad at either. Um, Seager being six. I'm seeing who was right above him at five. Freddie Freeman. Mm, Shohei makes sense. Judge Mookie Betts and Ronald. If, if, yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad. Yeah, he's yeah. he's it, in very good company he, there because he, he he was in all the little MVP races. And Absolutely. All that. So Absolutely. I think six five. I'm good with either right around that range. So I, I honestly Garcia. I think got a little bit. It was a little bit higher than I thought he was going to get. Really, I thought he got a little more respect than I thought he was going to. What What about you? Did you think he was going to be higher, or lower, right where he was at? And I guess I need to. I need to go back through this one more time. 
it feels like Adoles, the incredible arm out of right field, in addition to now the offense, the tough part about it is the boom is really booming, but at times it can be a little boomer bust, and we see the ways in which the, the plate discipline can sometimes come and go at times. Um, and here is where another thing, right? There's a couple of things uh, when we talk about maybe omissions, right? Um, I'm interested in maybe I need to, maybe they have already kind of laid this out. I did not listen to the entirety of the broadcast that MLB Network you did. To the five hour broadcast of it? No, unfortunately, <laughs> I was on the air with you <laughs> yeah. yesterday, but I, I do wonder how they handled uh, injured players because Jacob DeGrom, when he is going and when he is healthy, which is a big caveat, but when he is healthy, I mean, he's got to be one of the 100 best players, but he is not healthy, and I imagine he's going to miss a large portion of the season, right? So maybe that's what ultimately keeps him on. I know Scherzer, you might question, you know, where he is as he continues to age as well. But, I mean, those guys, you imagine those guys should maybe be ones that are considered. And then the one that feels like disrespect on the truckwreck.com text line specifically, 325 mentions it, 214 mentions it, 940 mentions it. Jonah Heim your catcher. I mean, this dude has been fantastic uh, at the plate, but also behind the plate, yeah. uh, playing a ton, uh, having a ton of appearances behind the plate, and then just being a great, uh, a great game caller behind the plate. And then also, it's not, it's not the he's not the easiest to run on, baby. Like it, it, he is a very, very good catcher, uh, and I'm still amazed because I did not fully see it coming, and he has continued to develop and get better. 100%. And it feels like disrespect to not give him that nod, especially as he's one of the best catchers in the AL. Like, I, I 100% a, one of the best catchers I, in the AL. I think that's a great shot. I, I want to say it was either him or Josh Young, who I both think maybe got snubbed. One of them didn't make the top 10 at their position, and everyone was freaking out, even non-Rangers fans. I can't remember which one it was. One of them, when they put the top 10 of the third baseman or catchers, didn't make it, and literally everyone around the MLB was like, how did they not make it? He was um, made it to the All-Star game, was in the World Series, hit really well, played defense really well. How was this guy not in there? And honestly, both of them probably got a little bit little bit of disrespect. Um, I thought Nathaniel Lowe got in because of his nice bat. I thought he was a great fielder watching him in all those games, but I think his bat carried a lot this year as well. Um, what do we think about this? This guy's sitting in. What do you think about Jose LeClerc? Should have been considered from I, the 817. I think the tough thing about it is that I think that really gets into levels of recency bias, even though I think LeClerc was pretty damn good over the majority I mean, we, of the season. We didn't even, have a, we didn't even know who it was throughout the season. We like, were switching closers we, we saw We saw the inconsistencies yeah. that showed up there. He put it together in a way and was nails when you needed him yeah. in the postseason for sure. But the, the inconsistency, I, I understand why you do not necessarily – go to that place, particularly with a reliever who did not like solidify himself for a long period of time over the course of the season yeah. as a closer. Unfortunately, unless we're just talking postseason, I don't think any Rangers bullpen guys are going to make it from just a longevity of the season that wasn't exactly our strong suit. They turned up when they needed most, and that's all that matters for us. But just as far as lists go and all that, that's how they uh, rank it. From the 817, it was Jonah Heim. They got snubbed from that original yeah. top 10. We should have known it was coming. Didn't yeah. make the MLB top 10 of the position. But this is what lists are for, right? They get the people going. There's no way they do them like absolutely correct, and yet we are still going to be mad about them. Oh, but always. here we go, right? Like to this regard, at least, right? As it as it came together, right? Um, five, I mentioned, you know, all the teams that have five others. Here are the teams that you were alongside when it came to guys with um when it came to Guys, or sorry, teams with five players in the top 100. I mentioned the Rangers. The Orioles are up there when it comes to guys in the top 100. Five guys in the top 100. The Mariners, who uh, you know, who've added a couple in the off season. The Phillies 
are up there with five. Um, the Mets clearly have you know added a lot of uh, talent. The D-backs who have like a lot of youth when it comes to that level of talent. So like that's a lot of teams that you are alongside when it comes to talent. Plus you have some youthful guys that Evan Carter isn't up there yet. But you oh, imagine, it, you can see how that <laughs> right. Wyatt Langford isn't up there yet. You can see where that ends up. Like I, I really do appreciate, especially the offensive in particular yeah. talent of this Rangers team. Like those, this is the thing that makes me happy. That makes me really excited about this year. And to go back to the text line, where in the three one six throwing throwing darts. Heim statistically had one of the most called strikes on pitches out of the zone, which obviously speaks to nice his framing. pitch framing Woo-hoo. and those types of things. Is Man, that, isn't it, is there something that makes you feel better? When you got a guy that's a little bit, because it's and so, steals a strike, and right? Steals a strike. Like, you're like, yeah. yes, I will take it. Yeah. I will take it. Yeah, and so no, I'm 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 super excited for this Rangers baseball season, and you know we got a uh, Rangers baseball tomorrow. Tomorrow here on your home of the Rangers, they'll be taking on the Royals in their first Cactus League game. All right, so real quick before we go, I do want to get to this. Please. Um, We've talked a little bit about the frustration and a lot of the complaints that have happened with the the new outfitters of the MLB when it comes to their jerseys. Fanatics uh, really started as kind of a fan uh, fan wear uh, outlet, and they've gotten more and more um, kind of agreements to be able to outfit teams. And so the, now they obviously have the Nike logos on it, but it is it is being fulfilled by Fanatics, and we've seen kind of the inconsistencies when it comes to when it comes to like quality. And we got another level of this, and I was just amazed to see how this came together. Which is we we've seen obviously players in their media day and getting stuff together. Uh, you know, we've seen the ways in which the, the lettering ends up being small. It looks like there's iron on stuff, but also Cal Raleigh. Of the Mariners, who is one of the guys on the top 100, he was doing some of his uh, media availability or like some of his media day type stuff at um, in spring training for the Mariners. And during one of the courses of the video, he stands up. And when he stands up, obviously he has his jersey tucked into his pants, as typically guys will. And you can see, you could see the jersey, the white on white of his, like the flaps of his jersey, his shirt tucked into his pants. Oh God. And so basically what you're having is there's a level of visibility through the pants, through his white uh, ba- baseball pants outfitted by Fanatics, which obviously that could be an issue if we get to the regular season and there's a little level of visibility between these pants. Reggie. Um, Fanatics is going to have to fist this before the season, aren't I, they? I, I don't understand. Ugh. I mean, Nike has been doing these and they licensed it. Thinking Fanatics just got this, and they just dropping the ball, dropping the ball. Now, I but will this was say, foreseeable. Have you ever gotten gear from Fanatics before? Yeah, it's not the highest. Quality. It's it's not, it's not the highest quality possible. Not, and the whole league was like, "It's cool. We gonna do that." That's and see, this feels like this is a throwback. But do you remember the? I guess not that much. The 49ers practice field for Super Bowl. I'm just thinking the same thing where you thought you were going to say that was a throwback. I know throwback is that it was a couple months ago, was, but it's the most recent football thing. Honestly, wait, months ago wasn't that a couple weeks ago? I guess that was. Man, time flies. Right, like the Super Bowl was two weeks ago, dog. Dang. But you remember <laughs> how we were talking about? I was like, why didn't they test it out? Like, did you not see this coming? Right. Why are we waiting? Yeah. And this feels like a little bit of that as well. Now it is spring training, and they could obviously, I guess they possibly could still switch for the season, but I would assume most of them have been manufactured. Switch, I don't, that's the thing though, is like uh, MLBPA, not very happy about this, rightfully so, right? A lot of players have gotten to spring training, tried off these jerseys, seen things, and they're just like, and they're it's being not. audible about this. This isn't, this isn't media 
just nitpicking at something. This is literally the player saying, I don't enjoy this. It doesn't fit right. right. The lettering is bad. Like, this and is to a be player fair, saying this. To be fair, players can notoriously, as we all are, right? I'm not trying to make this only about players, can notoriously be a little bit uh, finicky about change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw this in basketball, right? When we saw the switch from the, you know, the Spalding basketball to when they switched from the, the leather to the synthetic, right? But we also saw it when they switched to the Wilson basketball, which I honestly think is a better basketball, right? We can see some of these changes. This is very evident. Where we're losing quality and two five four, I'm with you. I miss the majestic MLB uh, MLB gear because it was quality, majestic. quality. Mwah. Think about the difference in the name, majestic. You just know you're getting. Good. That's right. And two one four, you are wilding for that text. I will not be reading that aloud. See God is what I have to say to you. Uh, but yes, look, I, I imagine that before the just needs to. It needs to be fixed because I. It made me think of you. Remember when LeBron wanted to change numbers and oh, they yeah. were like, "Hey, we can't do that with this short of a this short of a time frame because so much of the quantity has already been made in inventory." They're going to have to figure something out with what, this, right? What? At least when it comes to the, the game worn, authentic jerseys that they actually wear, they're going uh, to need to find uh, a different uh, level of quality because this. If it's looking this bad, how is it supposed to stand up to actual gameplay? That's what I'm saying. Who, who do you think quickly would be the player if they said something gets changed? Like, that would be the LeBron for us, for the NBA. Like, LeBron that's, really has an outburst and says, I don't want to do this. I'm sure the NBA would figure something that's out. That's interesting in baseball because who do you view as, like, that visible, that really visible? Shohei? But, I mean, he's not very media visible. He's not, like, no. doing interviews left and um, right. Acuna? Uh, I, I was, I, my first thought was, like, maybe Mookie. But even mm-hmm. then, I don't know. If he, like, was like, I don't want to play in this. This is terrible. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, and... Text it in, guys. 877-881-1053. I'm thinking it's probably like a starting pitcher, and I'm trying to think of who. Yeah, t- help, help me out here because my brain is not firing in the ways that I want it to in this moment. Who would be – who would have to be the player that is very loud about this and then they ultimately make this change? Another person throws out Shohei Otani. Maybe it would be just like jarring because he don't talk that much. So if he, he went up something. and they're like, oh, God, this is actually an issue. Yeah. Uh, keep that coming. Well, uh, hopefully we find the right answer there, and that'll uh, that'll help us get this right. So get right right here on 105.3, the fan from the 817 brings Zoom meeting to MLB the show. I don't know what we're talking Someone about. Someone said Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. It's a good shout. Ooh, Bryce is a good one. Yeah. Uh, especially because... We got another Bryce Harper getting yeah, sent Yeah, he, he, he... But I, how much people are like, oh, he, he just be talking, right? Yeah. Um, but no, I, that's, I think that is fair. Um, and he might be more apt to even do that. But like I said, it's the get right right here on 105.3, the fan. Reginald Datatula here with you, Blake Elliott. As well. Uh, coming up next, let's go around the NFL, talk about uh, what's happening in the National Football League. We'll do it next on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So get right right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Natatuli here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, sir. We got David Shrupp on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. Defense still proving to be an issue for your stars right now. As they're down four to one in Ottawa versus ah, the Senators, it was just one to one when the show started. It was all good just a week ago, uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 tough right now for the Stars in this one. They are at the second intermission. Your Mavericks, though, 
This is the test that we are expecting, and they are currently living up to the standard. It is 63-60 in favor of the Suns. Tight game. All the numbers look pretty good thus far. They're running well with a good team in the West, and the Suns will keep you up to date there. And in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about the Fanatics, uh, you know, jerseys, the see-through pants problem and all that. We got our with, answer. With the, uh, yeah, with, and we were wondering who, who the player would be in MLB who would, need to, who would speak out that would most likely be able to get something done. Few people mention it, 785-903-214. All y'all mentioned Aaron Judge. And I was like, yeah, there it is. That's probably the number one. That's the answer. Like visible, Yankees, really good player, imposing. Yeah. Like it feels like he what says he? something. He's like 6'6". Six, six, something like that. Just straight brick. Real, real, okay, all right. Like he's okay. he's a swole dude. Sure. If he says That's something to Rob Manfred, I mean, yes, sir. And I do appreciate <laughs> the person that was like, can we just all blame this on, on Rob Manfred? And absolutely 100%, always. Uh, but right now, let's go around the NFL here on the Get Right uh, 105.3 The Fan. We begin by talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the reason why we do that is Geno Smith has been in a kind of an interesting place where, you know, he's had he has a couple or he at least coming into the offseason, he had a couple of dates to watch out for when his money would become guaranteed. And that's a team that people were wondering, right? Mike McDaniel comes or Mike McDonald comes in it's a new situation new day will the new offensive coordinator and all these play will they want to work with Gino Will they want to try and go get another quarterback and so now uh we get earlier they guaranteed one of his uh one of the markers that would guarantee his money and so it's like all right cool they're they're still in this place though where he is tradable if you wanted to do that and move on and do those things it looks like Geno Smith will be their quarterback for this year, though, as they have agreed to a restructured contract today, according to Field Yates of ESPN. It converts uh, Smith's $9.6 million roster bonus into a signing bonus, which then opens up about $5 million in cap space. And so that means that Geno Smith set for this season to be the Seattle Seahawks uh, quarterback. How do you feel about that? I'll ask you this, Reg. I'll hit you back with a question. It'll kind of tell you how I I'm feeling. I'll ask you a question first. Oh, I'm going to ask one right back. You see this? We're playing question tennis at this point. <laughs> oh, Question tennis is a good way to put it. How do I feel about that? The same way I think the Seahawks feel about Geno. Not really committing. Just kind of, he's there. He's cool. I can you win? Can you win a Super Bowl with Geno? I think we kind of know the answer. I would probably caution to no. Can you make the playoffs with Geno? I'd probably say yes. Can you do more than a first round exit? I'd probably say no. So my question is, do you think that I don't know? Do you think the Seahawks are? And I want to get in a long debate. Just ask this quickly. Do you think the Seahawks are just a quarterback away, or do you think they got other no, problems? No, they, like- they, 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 need to, they need to figure these things out from the 6-5 go. Uh, say his name right. Eugene Cyril Smith III. There you uh, go. Yes. Yeah, no, I – see, I don't know. You weren't here, but a couple se- – was it a couple seasons ago, last season, uh-huh. before the season, yeah. people were like, oh, man, it's Geno Smith. And I was like, this is the year that Geno Smith puts it all together. And nobody believed and me. And you were right. He wrote – he didn't That's write right. back. I was right. They wrote him um, and so now everybody expects me to go real big about Geno Smith all the time. I mean, he's he's a good quarterback. I don't. I just uh, as you mentioned, I don't think that he's like, he's definitely not any level of elite or anything like yeah. that. He's serviceable. I, I would say he is the definition of like league average. Ooh, um, maybe, maybe a little. Maybe that's maybe that's selling them short. That's tough because now maybe, I have to start. I have to, I have to find where that average point is. But yeah, right around there, like of like good, like B, B right on the dot. Okay, no plus, no minus. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's a fine thing to work with. He's absolutely capable of, you know, executing your offense. Yeah. 
there are some weaknesses in his game, and I think that you, hey, you move. As you long know? as he, what what game was that when he played Dallas? Man, he looked like <laughs> Peyton Manning back. In. He he he's got an arm. <laughs> he can execute an offense. He's got really good feel in the pocket, man. Yeah. Like Gino, Gino can do some things, he'll but of some, course he'll have his moments. Right. Anyways, uh, let's keep moving around the NFL. How about this? Do you, d- big deal or no deal? Uh, Caleb Williams is reportedly entering the NFL. With no agent. Not a big deal. Lamar Jackson did the same thing. Um, we saw how that worked out. You know, it's a little bit, comes with a little bit more questions around and media saying this guy's not going to be able to do this and he won't be able to handle the financials. But I think Caleb wouldn't got this far in his career if he didn't know what he was doing. I, I think it's not that big of a deal. We're seeing more and more guys go without uh, representation. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Also, listening to... Um, Oh, why am I forgetting the USC coach's name? I'm blanking. Last year for Oh, uh, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln. Yeah. Lincoln was talking very highly of him and the kind of the person he is. And so I, I'm sure that he has people with him that are, hey, do this, do that. But he might not have a physical, this is my agent representing me type thing. So I think he'll be fine, but I understand the concern. This is the time of year, though, where that type of stuff ends up getting blown up yeah. and becomes an issue, even though it might not actually be an issue. Um, I I do need to I do need to talk to some folks about like how much how much an agent does in this process because tell you what I say I need to talk to Caleb I need to go ahead and call Caleb yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get on the phone with the homie Caleb as if uh, but no because like there's certain instances where you can point to the things that become a lot easier to handle when you have an agent compared to other ones when you are the presumable number one I do wonder how much your agent has to do yeah. Um, um, I'm going whoever has one. Yep. And we're, right. And we're then taking you, the like, most money. This, the salary is also like largely stipulated to you, right? I do wonder how much is your agent doing in that way, and how, like what kind of things are they, you know, facilitating in that? Give them a cut. Don't forget so, that when you got an agent, they ain't free. That is 100 percent the case. So I, I, I'm interested in that. I, I just thought that was an interesting note. Um, how about this? As we talk about, as we continue to go around the NFL here on the Get Right, uh, the Chargers' new offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. A guy that I actually respect, even though I often talk about him as if he is a war criminal. Um, wow. This is the problem, right, with Greg Roman for me, as I'm already let's, on a tangent. Let's, let's hear it. I'm let you, Greg, you Roman, it. Greg Roman is great at developing an offense, particularly one that utilizes a, a running element, especially if you have a quarterback, right? That He's great at having a run game and all those things. And that works for about two to three seasons, and then it ends up getting capped. I don't know exactly why that often happens, but it seems like it does in every it, stop it he does. It gets figured out after a while. So early on, hey man, this is going to be great. And ultimately he was asked about, you know, you know, why he's confident that the Chargers uh, and what they will do around um, Justin Herbert. And he said, run the ball, right? Like can't quote, can you imagine Justin Herbert with a great running game? We don't know, but I can imagine what it looks like. So that's kind of the vision, close quote. Can you imagine what that looks like? How excited are you for the prospect? As I mentioned, Greg Roman, always good at putting together running games. How excited are you for the prospect of Justin Herbert with actually an established running game? Uh, I think that could be something that, you know what? You know, the first thing I think of is the Bills. The Bills were very dependent on Josh Allen pretty Mm. much since they've been there. We saw when they um, let go of Ken Dorsey and got some new people up in the staff that their run game with James Cook decided to be something where they could win games with their running. They could win games with their defense and not depend all on Josh Allen, and it made Josh Allen inevitably kind of look better because he didn't have to put the whole game on his shoulder 99% of the time. I wonder if we could see something similar with Justin Herbert, where it's like, hey, we're not going to ask you to throw it 55 times every right. single game. Yeah. We're going to make you throw 25, 30 times when it really matters, and we know you're good at this, and we're also going to be able to run the ball and play action will be more suitable and actually trick the defense versus we know this guy's passing. We know what kind of things are going. So 
I, I think the volume isn't always the most important thing, but the time and place and situationals. And when you have a good run game, it can make your quarterback look better. And I think Justin Herbert, with the combination of Harbaugh, I think he's going to have one of his better years. So I think Greg Roman, like you said, for now will work. We'll see if it works two, three years down the line. But for now, I think it is a great fit because now we got to figure out who's going to be the running back because Eckler's a free agent. That's right. Um, didn't they? I'm trying to remember. Did they have a young cat? Jerome, not Jerome, Kelly, Kelly, Joshua Kelly. That sounds right. And I don't think that that's a guy that you're going to lean on if my your, memory your, serves me correct. But I mean, course, yeah, yeah that seems like a team that's absolutely going to have to just get younger in general. They've got a lot of guys on that roster with relatively big contracts that are not living up to it. I know that's that also really filters in on defense a lot, too. But that's going to necessarily be a thing that they're going to have to work on. Oh, 918 just throwing in bold predictions here as it. we're going around the I NFL. I see what he just said. You know said. what? You can get on the air by doing this from the 918. You heard it here first. What a That's a bold way to start the text. Yeah. You heard it here first. Not just like, I think this. He's like, look, man, okay. I need you to know. Now, before you Mark be- this down so that you well, can come back and talk to me about before it. Before you finish, when you send a text like this, where is he at? There's no way he's driving and sending this. This is you're at your desk, right? This kind of text. This isn't I'm driving. I'm at the cof- maybe coffee shop. He's stationary is more what I'm getting at. I, I like the idea that he was listening. He was like, you know, I got to get a takeoff. Let me pull over right quick. Yeah. Let me pull over right quick so I can get this off. You heard it here first. Spencer Rattler. Rattler? Yeah, Rattler. Um, okay, we're just going to keep going. Uh, Spencer Rattler has a better NFL career than Caleb Williams. Okay, just we just getting the hot takes off. Spencer Rattler, oof. Uh, that's a dude with, like, clearly has a talent, but boy, does he not put it all the, all together. Uh, very frequently. I'm talking say, OU. I'm talking South Carolina. He 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 was good enough that he could really mess up your day on any given Saturday. However, he was not going to do it every Saturday. I, I will say I am, in a sense, happy that he kind of turned it around because he was uh, last chance you and everyone everyone and their mama rightfully kind of counted him out in his attitude. And then he kind of went under the radar for a little bit and kind of came back out of nowhere and had a really good last couple of years. And I love I love the interaction from the Tolos from the 214 bold prediction. That bold prediction is wrong. So there you go. One of y'all is going to be right. That's right. That's the beauty of it, right? We just we're both going to throw things up and we're going to see how they stick. They said the burn is slow in the uh, in their room. So love shout that. out to you hanging out in your in your uh, place of residence You're listening to the get right. You're a boat. I like that. And real quick before we go, Kansas City Chiefs made an addition on this day. They signed Matt Ariza. Are you familiar with Matt Ariza? I am, and it, it, it caught me off guard that yeah. the Chiefs were the one to do that, just kind of with you know, stability. and Sure, <laughs> but, I mean, that's – especially if there was a place where you could make that shake, especially like from a, like a PR sense of yeah. standpoint. And I understand Matt Ariza uh, went to San Diego State, referred to as the punt god, and when he was there – uh, he was allegedly, you know, seen at a party um, and, you know, there was there was kind of allegations of rape of a 17 year old girl. Uh, ultimately, those charges were that lawsuit was dropped. And so he before that lawsuit was dropped, he was dropped from the Bills, Bills. who had drafted him. And so he kind of sat out there all season this year and looks like the Chiefs are going to take the uh, take the chance on him. I mean, the leg is incredible. Uh, I, I watched San Diego State games just to be able to see him punt because he changed the game that that he much. The field. He absolutely did. So, I mean, assuming that it's anywhere similar, which I imagine it is, they're getting a great punter. I, I'm always interested to see what the PR situation of this is, especially seeing as like he was not charged with anything. He was not. Uh, found guilty of anything because obviously I think this was uh, this wasn't criminal court this was um, civil but still like charges drop nothing technically sticks to him but we all know that there's kind of like a stigma that ends up popping up at time and there you go the Kansas City Chiefs using the the Super Bowl a kind of uh, sheen 
to go and get a, a, a punter, Matt Ariza, the punt god, as they like to call him. Uh, interested to see how that how that changes things for them. It's the Get Right, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, and that's how we go around the NFL. Coming up next on the Get Right, um, what team do you think trades up for a quarterback in the upcoming draft? What team should trade up for a quarterback? Let's discuss that coming up next on The Fan.